Hello and welcome to the Football Academy podcast. I am Braden. Uh, tonight I'm joined by Mr. William Webb. You can find him on at, on Twitter at TFA Rizzler. Will, how are you doing tonight? It's Wednesday, my dudes. Uh, this is, I've had three straight weekends of just doing a lot. So I'm very excited to say that this weekend I'm sitting my happy ass at home uh, and watching all the full complement of games this weekend because I ain't got shit to do and uh, no money to do it with. Uh, so my broke ass is very happy to be sitting here in front of you with my uh, awful cocktail, which you saw me choking down off air. Uh, ready to talk about spirit. It was rough, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, it, the face you—the face you made when you had that was, was not a good face. But you know, green it is, is my it is. soul. Green is my soul. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, I am actually going to have a pretty eventful weekend. I am going down to New Orleans for Gooner Graw, which we do uh, pretty much most every year. Uh, New Orleans is a lovely city. If you've never been, it, it's just a very good time. Shout out to New Orleans Gooners who put it on every year. Uh, it, it's it's a great time with Gooners from all across the country. And so I will be waking up at probably five in the morning because <laughs> you do have the time change and it's the early Arsenal game and there's a ton of people going. So it's going to be packed there. So it it's that part I don't love as much, especially in a city like New Orleans known for its good drinks. Um, it could that could be a really rough Saturday morning for your boy, but it is what it is. Ben Yates, Ben Yates, soak up all the <laughs> exactly, yeah. soak up all the hand grenades. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Oh, hand grenades, Jesus! Uh, I, I'm much more of a hurricane than hand grenade. Like I, I don't even love the hurricanes. Like I will probably just get a, a nice Andy Gator. A, a Beta Andy Gator is a fine uh, IPA if that's your thing. Um, a decent Sassy. beer there. I, 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 I try to avoid. The famous New Orleans cocktails. They are very sugary and it's a, just a bad time for everyone. That's why I get the Sazerac. I get the old man drink. So everything tastes like a, everything tastes like burning and I feel like I've written some great uh, literary achievement. So <laughs> there you go. Like you just feel like Hemingway. Um, I, I will say if you are, one last thing about New Orleans, I will say if you are in the city and you go off of Bourbon Street and go into like a restaurant and get a hand grenade or a hurricane. It is much better than oh, getting yeah. one on the tourist trap. Like, but that's a secret in every city in the world. Like, you get away from the touristy areas, and everything is much better. Don't um, drink on Lower Broadway. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, all right. With with enough of that, we can get into uh, some real discussions of things. So we won't be wrapping up any games uh, because it was just cup games, and we don't really cover the cups that much. Um, some interesting things. If you're fans of a specific team, uh, congrats to Manchester United and Newcastle getting to the Carabao cup final. I, I, I personally am one that values the cups. There's so few tangible opportunities and markers of success in this game. Uh, you might as well go and win one. And I, I am very much of the opinion that you don't get to talk shit to me about celebrating the Carabao cup. If you didn't win one. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just my thing. I, I will stand by that. People can have their own opinions. It's whatever. It's fine. But so we'll we'll talk a little bit about the transfer window because I think that that is kind of the big thing in January. Obviously, uh, everyone knows what happened with Chelsea this transfer window. Like things got a little nuts. Um, Bailey handing out eight year contracts like it's candy. <laughs> I, and I mean, good for him. He's found a loophole in FFP. I, I will say if. All of those guys aren't perfect. It's going to be a little rough because you might find it difficult to sell them if uh, <laughs> if you have to. But uh, for right now, everything looks brilliant. 
good for them, I guess. Uh, Will, do you have any thoughts on that before we get into kind of what the, I, I don't want to get too much into it because like everyone knows what's going on there. Everyone has their opinions. We're not changing anyone's mind there, but any thoughts there? Uh, it's aggressively American approach. <laughs> I'm going to throw money at the problem and I'm going to lock up that money for an, an ungodly amount of time for no apparent reason. It's the loophole that FFP that's got me. It's just, like, that's American ingenuity right there. <laughs> I'm going to spend way too much money on something that's probably not even going to pan out that well for me. Hey, man, throw your money where you think you're going to throw your money. There's some other teams who threw money in places that they may or may not have needed as well. But Chelsea, maybe the most egregious? Probably the most egregious? Definitely the most egregious. Yeah, the most egregious. But, like, they did go and get good players. And so I, I think there's... Sometimes you see teams spend money kind of just to spend money. Like, like we need to get someone to make us better because uh, we're panicking. And I don't think Chelsea did that. I think Chelsea went and they got, like, Enzo looks to be a great player. Um, I, I will say it's, like, he was $10 million in the summer <laughs> and now is one twenty, which is, I, I get great World Cup, all that sort of thing. Good, Good for him. He may turn out great. It's not risk-free. Same with Mudrik, who had 50 appearances in the Ukrainian league and then goes for around 90 to 100 million, whatever it is with add-ons. Like it's, it's interesting, but we'll see how if it works out. Like it's going to be genius, and no one's going to care about the price uh, in a year or two. And Chelsea will be terrifying <laughs> if everyone works out. Uh, Exactly. M- yeah. Mudrik needs to watch his mouth. That's the only response I got there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't want to go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the whole thing. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> um, I do think the bottom of the table is interesting as far as this transfer window goes because I think there's some interesting things that teams did and did not do down there. So I'm gonna start with who I think did some very good business, and that's Southampton. Um. Specifically getting Suleimana, um, I thought he had a very, not like great World Cup, like he didn't do what Enzo did or anything like that, but you saw like he was a very, very tricky winger in that uh, Ghana team, and if he can bring that uh, to the Southampton team, who I think desperately need it, like they have, like James Ward-Prowse is a good midfielder, I personally rate Shea Adams, like I think he is a good center forward, I don't think he's great, but I think he's good, I think he can do a job, I think he belongs in the Premier League. I think if you add someone who is a really good winger and creates some opportunities from there, I think you've got the makings of not necessarily a good team, but a team that will stay up. I think that's like the key thing there for Southampton because it's been a worry. Um, But what are your thoughts on Southampton? What are your thoughts on anyone else down there that you think has done good business? Uh, Southampton just going ahead and seeing what's ahead of them and making moves in the first place. They do have bits and pieces there, and that was kind of evident uh, from their uh, semifinal match. Uh, watching the bits and pieces I did of that, they do have they do have players on that team, and when they fill in gaps like that, hey, that shows you got a plan to get the hell out of here. Everton, maybe not as much because they didn't really do too much movement aside from. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the teams that didn't do great in just a second. Yeah, it's, it's uh, if. Uh, if there's one other team who uh, we talked about throwing money at stuff, uh, Nottingham Forest seemed to want to go out and sign some names. 
they went out and got John Joe Selvey, a guy who had seven solid years. That was years. curious to me. I, seven I solid years of service at Newcastle. I think it's more of a him going out and reaching out and being like, hey, I think I'm about to become expendable and I want to continue to play in the Premier League. You guys need some help. And Nottingham Forest going, oh, yeah, that's a name we know. He does the thing. Money at it. Uh, they also signed Kaylor Navas. Dean's got a thigh injury. Hopefully it's not as bad if they have to call someone in who, you know, is a... Hey, it can get no worse than this, but, like, it does feel a bit like, oh, you could have found someone in, like, Dean standing instead of throwing money at someone who's, like, maybe too much of a proven match winner. But, hey, maybe he feels expendable as well and needs a place to go play. Um, Low-key, I feel like they saw someone who played for a team in La Liga in Felipe, thought he had some decent quality there and we're like we're gonna splash some cash on him maybe for the future maybe because he just has a singular name who knows not even Forest... with a singular name <laughs> sign him up that, it's, that's it's all, it's got, it works for everybody uh it, it had the ones with two names tend to turn out a little bit better uh filipino <laughs> are you sure <laughs> can we make you smaller like <laughs> filipino uh but i'm Honestly, they do this a lot where they kind of they throw money at things that they need, but maybe not in the way that they need them. So as where Chelsea went out and like splashed cash in a weird way on players who are definitely going to improve them, Nottingham Forest went out and did the same thing, but maybe gaps these players are filling in right now. It kind of just feels like they were like, ooh, pretty shiny things. You know these guys. Here's some guys. And that's good if they're going to stay up. It's good to have guys who have experience. But also, it's just some dudes. <laughs> and you <laughs> signed 28 of them. Like, you got two whole teams of dudes. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I think that one of the differences there is Chelsea bought players who I think raise the overall level. And they got a few people who I think they need. So I think they needed a midfielder when and got Enzo Fernandez. I don't know that they need Mudrick, but... I, you bring him in and he raises the overall level of talent on this team. And I think the difference here is that Chelsea have a lot more room for error here. Like for forest are in an area where if they get it wrong. Like they're going back down and all of a sudden all these fees that they paid are a problem <laughs> and all the wages that these guys are on are a problem. And I think it'll be tricky to see how exactly they sort that out. But I think they also have raised the overall level of squad on the steam. Like I don't, I'm not sure about John. Jo- like I, I think he's a, a body in midfield. I think he'll contribute some defensively, and he is a good set piece taker. And so I, I do think that is a thing that they may just be saying if John Joe can give us three goals off the corners before the end of the season, that's going to keep us up. And and maybe he has the annual banger like that comes out of nowhere. Like it, it, it can do that sort of thing as well. It, and maybe that's calculus there. I think Felipe is a good purchase. I think it's sensible as long as he can adjust to the Premier League uh, quick enough. I, I think that will make sense. Uh, but yeah, it, it is kind of just also buying some dudes and hopefully you don't have to sell them because you're going down. Um, but that, it is what it is. So we tease us, or you tease us a little bit with uh, your pick of Everton. Uh, so let's talk about some teams that didn't do much in the window. So I'm going to let you go off on Everton a little quick, and then I have someone else to bring up. It's not even a going off so much as it's a... It, WTF, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like Southampton is staring some, like, not good in the face right now. And they went, you know what? 
fuck it. We're going to go ahead and do something because we can't afford to let this slip. We're going to make some changes. We're going to add some pieces where we think we need to improve. We are going to solve this. If we don't, the fan base can at least go, you know what? They fucking tried and we'll stick behind you. Everton hired Sean Dyche. And do, do you think the fans are going to get behind Everton? <laughs> like, what? Like, you've already kind of pinned some shit on them that you don't need to. You're already, like, staring relegation in, like, in the ass. And instead of, like, you you have bit, you also have bits and bobs, much like Southampton. They're a little more discouraged than the Southampton players, somehow. But you still have bits and bobs. And you have enough money, even though that stadium is starting to rake up coin, you have enough money that you can go out and splash and at least get someone to fill in positions where you know you're going to need it, or at least some death. Nah, bruh. You get Sean Dyche and go, here's the keys to the kingdom. What kingdom? Bye. Like, you have to do something. There has to be some sort of sense of urgency. Like, Sean Dyche and a pat on the butt to fucking Jordan Pickford ain't it, my guys. And it sucks because, like, at this point, now I feel like an asshole. They deserve better than this. Like, man, like, there's there's options out there. There's loans that can be done. There's – that stadium can sit there for a minute, bro. I cannot believe I'm going to do what I'm about to do. But I, I'm actually going to defend Sean Dice here for a second. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> this kind of burns as an Arsenal fan in, in a weird way. Um, I – I think Everton's big problem has been going out and signing players who are decent and and just kind of like, they're just decent players, but they've had enough managers over the years that they have a bunch of disjointed pieces that don't fit together. Like they just don't work as a squad. They're there to do different things because they fit a different manager's vision than the ones that is there. So I think the key thing that they needed in this managerial appointment whether or not they stay in the Premier League this season is a manager who has a vision of what he wants from his team and is go- and knows exactly what that is and can act on it. And I think like people saw that with Bielsa and and I think Hassan Huddle was floated as well and kind of like that was kind of some of the original talk on that and people were like uh, I think some people got on board and myself included with here's a project manager that they kind of need for that. But Dyche is also a project manager. He's just the project that no one likes. <laughs> like everyone kind of hates the football ball that he plays, but it can be pretty effective. And if you look at the personnel at Everton now, like you've got, uh, I never know if he's healthy or how long he's going to be healthy, but Calvert-Lewin is a guy who can play Dyche ball. Um, you've got Tarkowski, you've got Keen, uh, Yerry Mina will be good on set pieces. Uh, for Sean Dyche, um, they have pieces that can play Dyche ball. And if you can just organize guys, it can work. Uh, with you saying that, it feels like they're set up to play a more exciting brand of Dyche ball. No. Like, look, I, I understand, but like they are just a tidbit quicker than most of those Burnley teams. And I feel like they actually have guys who like have been taught to attack from a young age. So, like, they're not going to be on the front foot. It's it's not going to be not beige. It might be, like, a brighter beige. It's still going to be beige. It's a fresh coat, coat paint beige. <laughs> it's uh, don't-touch-still-wet beige. I, like, I, you know, 
honestly, at this point, I'm just not wishing, like, I don't want to wish any ill will upon Everton because I feel like I'm, like, dooming them at this point. So, like, you know what? Baze that shit up and stay up. Like, it's fine. Uh, I just kind of wish that they... I kind of wish that they had found pieces to, like, try to build something again. But, hey, you're right. Maybe maybe the great amalgamous that is Sean Dyche can save this for him. Great amalgamous. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, the other team I want to mention real quick is Leicester. They didn't really do much this uh, transfer window. And I kind of think they're in some real trouble. Uh, I, I think they needed to kind of fill that team out a little bit more and I'm not sure exactly what the solution is there because I think that if you go position by position, they have talent. It like the talent isn't the, isn't the thing that's off, but like something there just doesn't feel like it's quite right. Um, I think they needed something to freshen up the squad and give the players a lift. Uh, Cause you know, when, when you hear like, Oh, a new name, a, a good players coming in, like guys get excited. It sets a little bit of buzz in the locker room and such, but I think they need to do something like that and, and didn't get it done. So real quick, Will, three teams getting relegated after this transfer window. What what do you think we're looking at? Oh, man. Uh... We're not writing this down. So if it's wrong, wrong, it's fine. It's <laughs> like go, go off the cuff. Everton, still Southampton. Wait. Oh, oh, don't don't do that. I uh, I don't I don't want it I don't. My want American it. heart can't do that. It's legit. Like that's my number one fear. Y'all saw what happened to Josh Sargent when they sent him back down there. Boy, ain't been right since. Yeah, <laughs> we can't have yeah. that happen. All right. So for me, I'm going with Everton. I, I Dicheball may get them there. I don't think selling out Anthony Gordon helps them at all. I, even though I don't like really rate him, like he is somewhat of a talent there. I'm gonna go with Bournemouth. I, I don't think they did enough. They're kind of playing now where their advanced stats have said they've been all season. And that does not bode well for them. And I'm going to go with, I, I'm going to go with the team. I just said it, Lester. Like, I don't think Lester did enough. And oh, no. I, I, I just, they're a team that haven't played great all season. They've played really bad at times. They played better at times. They're in terrible form now. Um, one point from the last five matches. I can, they, do they have the talent to stay up? Yes. But I just, I don't, something there is not right. And I, I think something there is not right is a bad place to be when you're fighting relegation, because I, I just don't know exactly what the problem is. And I, which means there's not like obvious <laughs> solutions to it either. Listless. They look listless. Gary Lineker and shambles. Huh? Yep, so so that's kind of our, our picks there. We'll see how it all uh, plays out. We've got half the season left, so <laughs> lots can change here. Um, it it feels later in the season than it actually is, just because of the way that the World Cup broke up the schedule. So uh, we'll see. There's a, lot, there's a lot of football to be played still. We could be very wrong in like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, probably not an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, the Club World Cup starts... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, uh, moving Thank along, I, I'm not I'm not giving that any oxygen. <laughs> uh, so we're going to move to our preview of the weekend's matches. Uh, if you're new here, what we do every week is uh, we're going to look at all the matches that are going to be played this weekend, and we're going to put a hundred virtual dollars. We call them pod bucks around here 
on the three-way money line. So home team, away team, or a draw are the possible outcomes. We will also talk about some over-unders. We may talk about like anytime goal scores. We may talk about other things. Our focus is going to be on the three-way money line. And then when we come back next week, we'll tally up the results, see how we did, and uh, we'll kind of do it all over again. Maybe have some bragging rights. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but the first match we're going to start with is going to be uh, Friday. So and uh, we get some uh, Friday Night Lights, we call it, like uh, bonus football. <laughs> I, it's not really bonus football because obviously it's on the schedule, but uh, <laughs> a match on like, Friday. It feels like bonus football. You know, just like slide out of the office a little bit early if you have to. It's fine. <laughs> Um, we've got Chelsea at home, Stanford Bridge, with all those new signings at minus 160. Fulham sits at plus 440, draws at plus 310. The over-unders at two and a half. These teams really don't like each other. And like generally, this has been a Fulham doesn't like Chelsea more than the other way around. Um, it's interesting, though. Like Fulham are higher on the table than Chelsea have been, and that's a thing that hasn't been true for a long time. So, Will, how do you see this one playing out? I want to believe that the signings at Chelsea have lit a new fire under them and they're going to bring some sort of uh, extra intensity into this matchup. And I think this is a Chelsea team who's going to come in a tidbit hot because they know the foam's going to be hot at them. You would think that that would lead me to believe that Chelsea's going to win this match. Uh, No, you wouldn't because you know I'm not kind on picking Chelsea. I'm going to pick Fulham. I think that there's going to be a lot of games in the next couple of weeks in which I'm going to say this sentence and at least like a broken clock, I'll be right at least half of the time. This is one of those games where Fulham wants to prove themselves to be who they think they are. Maybe be a team who's competing for European places, finishing that top half of the table. They're going to have to take a big head. And what bigger head to take than a Chelsea team who has an inflated ego and some New York Yankee-esque contracts now. So, Plus 440, I feel like this might be a steal. So, yeah, I'm taking Fulham. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think you're getting very good odds for Fulham here, especially when you look at where they're on the table. Chelsea, obviously, a name brand. Chelsea, obviously, uh, you know, the popular team that have lots of fans here that um, would like to bet on them. But I'm not going to go quite as far as a Fulham win. I do think Stanford Bridge makes a difference. I don't think all these new signings get off the mark. Like, Enzo's coming over like today <laughs> like, it's, it's, like it's it's not it's not gonna be enough time to really get integrated with the team Chelsea have Conte coming back sooner rather than later I don't think he'll be here for this game and I think like if you look at Fulham Jalpolina is a player who I think is going to dominate whoever Chelsea put in midfield and I think he will control that game and I'm gonna go with a draw just because I I don't know if Fulham can fully get it over the line, uh, but I I lean Fulham in this match. And honestly, I haven't looked at the spread. If the spread is plus one for Fulham, I'm taking that a hundred percent. Like I just I I'm yeah I, I plus one or even plus half goal. I I'm very interested in Fulham, but yeah we'll we'll see how that shakes out. I there's a lot of ways that could, that could play out, and and, and like you make the joke about London Derby's all the time. Like this is an actual Derby. Like these teams don't like each other, which adds a little spice to it. I really uh, tried to leave it, leave the joke at this one particular time. And then you said it anyway, never let the joke down. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, moving along, we've got uh, the team we just discussed, new manager d- bounce, dice ball, the beige. 
<laughs> Everton Football Club plus 625 at Goodison Park, taking on top of the table Arsenal at minus 240, draws at plus 380, the over-under is at two and a half. If this were last year, I'd be very, very concerned about the new manager bounce. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out here. I'm not concerned about it at all. Arsenal uh, take this game, in in my opinion. Like I'm pretty confident about that. If it doesn't happen, there's going to be a lot of very sad Gooners in New Orleans this weekend. But I, I'm pretty confident that this Arsenal squad have the focus to see this one out. Will, how do you see this game? Legitimately, for your own sake, that I kind of hope Arsenal win this. Um, you know what? I want to spam the over button here. Uh, the new manager bounce for Everton will actually come, but it ain't going to be here because I feel like Arsenal is full steam ahead to title town. And this is one of those matches where they're going to come out and you're, they're going to come out. There's going to be a new manager bounce for about five minutes. Everyone's going, Everton's going to try. They're going to try guys. Woo. And then you're going to beat them four nil. And everyone's going to be like, oh man, Everton tried and they might be able to do it. But not against the team that's going to end up eventually being champions. So I'm going to go ahead and start saying this shit now to just mentally prepare myself for fucking Ian Wright crying on TV later. I'm picking Arsenal. Yeah, I I think it makes sense. I will say a, a cheeky bet if you want it in this game. Uh, Sean Dyche always had his players at Burnley fired up to play Arsenal. And, and I don't know if Everton will get all of the same credit for, like, proper football lad <laughs> that like Burnley got at times. <laughs> uh, if you wanted to make a red card bet in this game, I, I think it makes sense. Um, that That's just my personal opinion. Maybe the better option is yellow cards, but I, I can see it happening. I'm just going to throw that out there as a side bet if, if, if you're so interest, inclined. Next match, we have Aston Villa, even odds, taking on Leicester at plus 270, draws at plus 260, over and under two and a half. We just talked about Leicester needing to do more. Um, this is a chance to prove us wrong. How do you see this going, Will? Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to make uh, Chelsea Fulham the dumbass bet of the week, but this is my dumbass bet of the week because watch us fucking go, man, Leicester didn't do shit. Nothing happened. This is not going to be good for them. And then they're going to end up starting to turn around right here. It, it's a Villa team that is, uh, <laughs> that is a, just a couple steps away from doing what uh, my favorite time of the year is. Where's catering? Uh, I think we're going to stay up. I think we're fine. Just going to hang out for a little bit, play some football, chill. They're not quite there yet because we are still very early in the back half of the season. But this is a Leicester team who need to do something soon. And a Villa team that is going to be able to survive wibbly wobbling between teams. So I'm going to take Leicester. Because secretly, I still love Brendan Rodgers. And the I don't know. There's been a lot of talk of Celtic in Atlanta for the last couple of weeks. And maybe that's just what's wrapped in my brain. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> I, I am not going to take a lesser. <laughs> we will surprise no one. I, I do think you bring up a good point about catering watch. As far as like teams maybe starting to slip in that mindset. I think Villa will be later than most to that because they are still fairly early on in the Unai Emery era. And, and sometimes like guys jockeying for position, wanting to make sure that they're in the manager's plans for next year. It can kind of delay that caring. <laughs> like it's still going to come, but delay it. I'm going to go with Villa. Even odds are too much for me to turn down. And I will say, look, anytime 
there's an Emory team involved in the league draws on the table, so you you could go that way if you wanted <laughs> oh, to. God. But I, I'm gonna take Villa here. Moving along, uh, we've got uh, what I think will be a pretty good will be a pretty interesting match. We've got Brentford at home sitting at minus one fifteen, Southampton at plus three ten, draws at plus two seventy. The over under is at two and a half. We talked about Southampton making um, some improvements uh, towards the end of the transfer window. Brentford, I I didn't see as much from them, um, but they're obviously playing very well for this team and, and kind of exceeding expectations already. So do you see that continuing for Brentford? Do you see Southampton starting to turn things around? How do you see this going, Will? Uh. I can see Southampton starting to turn things around. Like I said, I had, a, God bless working from home, I had a chance to watch a decent amount of uh, the semifinal against Newcastle, and it seems a Southampton team who, they 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 have something to play for. They have a little bit more intensity than they've had at earlier parts in the season, and I think something that uh, uh, Shaka Hilsop said uh, in the preview, he said, hey, if these guys happen to get some fire under them from going this deep into this cup, it may lead to things changing in the league. Add that in with the fact that they have made the moves they made, add in the fact that, like, hey, Brentford's not on catering watch because they're still exceeding expectations, but they are still a team exceeding expectations, and occasionally they can get found out. Hey, now might be the right time to hop back on the bandwagon. So, Southampton, I suppose? Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I I will say, as far as Southampton goes, I think they're a team that have played better than where they are in the table right now, especially recently. Like I think they've been competitive in games and just not quite gotten the results over the line. The new signings, and maybe that time is not this match. Like it, That may be in a couple matches after they get more time to integrate with the team and that sort of thing. But I think the new signings are going to make a difference there. For right now, I'm going to go with a draw. That's probably probably just like me sitting on the fence and not committing, but I just, I I do think there's enough about the Southampton team to do something. I don't know if they're going to be able to get three points at Brentford. Um, Moving along, we have Brighton uh, fresh off keeping Moises Casado in Brighton and you know sorry Will you got do, doing Christ. it to Liverpool once again in the cup um apologies uh, <laughs> Brighton at the Amex sit at minus 290 Burnmouth sit at plus 310 draws at plus 270 the over under is at two and a half this is a very interesting line to me because Brighton at minus 290 like to to compare, actually, let me double check this line because that that there's a possibility that this is not correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, Bournemouth is at plus seven hundred. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll we'll go through that once more. We got Brighton at minus two ninety, Bournemouth at plus seven hundred, a draw at plus two seventy. Look, the Cherries need points. Brighton, I think, are pushing for at least a European spot, if not a Champions League spot. Um, how do you see this one going between these two teams? Uh, first off, everything I've ever said nice about the Amex, I take back. Fuck all y'all. I hope Seagulls uh, shit on all your porches. 
Um, that being said, I don't see them. I, I don't see this fucking train stop rolling. And it kind of makes me feel okay because I think this Brighton team might. I think me sitting here being pissy about their these results is belying something that this Brighton team is just a tidbit better than we're probably all giving them credit for and are going to be fighting for European places all the way until the end and are probably going to pip us to one because, of course, I don't see any reason on God's green earth not to pick Brighton unless you, like, desperately want Bournemouth to win. And I know that there are people who listen out there who do. I'm so sorry. They're not going to win. This Brighton team is real. So I'm going to take Brighton, and uh, I hope y'all show I think Bournemouth have gotten some surprising results from early in the season that has kept them a, a little bit away from the relegation zone early in the season. They are, of course, sitting in the relegation zone now. You might say that they had those points on credit, and I think their card gets declined at the Amex. I'm going with Brighton. I, I think that they are just a better team. They're going for the Champions League spot. Like whether or not we can joke about whether they have a shot at it or not. Brighton think they're going for a Champions League spot, and I think they're going to be a team that's going to push for it. There are good players on this Brighton squad, and they're going to they're going to surprise some people as ha- far as how they stay up there. I think they at least get a European spot, and you can't really get a European spot or have a claim to one if you're dropping points against Bournemouth at home. So it is Brighton for me. Even at minus 290, uh, it, it is what it is. The Amex in the Conference League, that's what we're pushing for because I like that. How dope would that be? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they don't take Amex in a lot of places in Europe, but, it, you know, it, it's just. I, hey, I, I, I good luck in Greece, boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving along, we've got Old Trapper, speaking of debt, minus 250. Liverpool, or not Liverpool, what I'm reading ahead. Palace at plus 650, <laughs> draw at plus 380, over and under is at two and a half. I think this is an odd line. I, I know Palace have not been great recently, but I I think this is slightly disrespectful to what I think is a decently talented Palace team, if not a good Palace team. How do you see this going, Will? Uh, you got a Manchester United team who... I'm maybe not, well, hey, they're going to a final. And I just said some stuff about a run in the cup galvanizing a team. Uh, this United team doesn't really need galvanizing right now because they're kind of looking like they're, they're kind of looking like a threatening, terrifying Manchester United that kind of gets your hopes up and then falls apart the season after the season. They look good, which is what I'm hoping for. Um, this Palace team, I know that Newcastle aren't the completely finished thing yet. But this Crystal Palace team did hold a mildly, mostly high-flying Newcastle team to zilch not a nothing last time out. And I think that we might need to make a little bit more out of that than we should. I think the man on fire, Marcus Rashford, continues to be a man on fire. But I also think that maybe there's just a tidbit more in Palace than we might give them credit for before they shift into full-on catering mode, which I think is going to happen to them first because it always happens to them first, no matter who the manager is. I think they're going to be able to stymie United here. So I'm going to take the draw at plus 380. It feels a a safe bet just because I think that Palace frustrate United and kind of not bring them back to earth, but like one of the layers that's like just b- below space, like right back there. 
I think that's a fair call out. I've said many times, I think Palace are very well prepared for the big teams. And I think you've got a Man United team that, yes, they qualify for a final that can be a motivational boost for a team and give everyone a lift. But it's also a midweek game that they had to play that Palace did not. I I think that Palace are going to be well prepared for this game. I think plus 650 is the right odds to take Palace here. Um, I just don't quite trust United at minus 250. United are a better team than Palace. Like, let's just get that out of the way. United are probably going to win this game, and this will sound dumb. But I think plus 650 represents the right amount to to go for a Palace pulling off something that you don't expect them to. Um, it probably won't play out that way, but <laughs> eh, give it a shot. I, I also like the over in this game. Over two and a half, I, I think, is definitely doable because I think United have the firepower, especially with Rashford in the form that he's in. United have the fi- firepower to do some things here. And if you look, Elise gets on a free kick, things can happen. Like, it, like that kid is something else. I, I feel like that match is one of, if United were to win this, it's one of those United snatch, snatch a victory from the jaws of defeat sort of deals. And it's probably Rashford, but I think it would be one of those Crystal Palace score first and continue to hold that lead from minute three to minute 78. <laughs> and then shit gets nutty. So, if United are going to win, they're going to do it on the bullshit that ruined most of my 20s. Uh, if Palace win, they're going to do it on the bullshit that ruined my late 20s. Damn it. And now we got to talk about my team. Uh, what a segue! <laughs> uh, you did my job for me. Uh, Wolves, plus 295, taking on Liverpool, minus 115, draws at plus 280, over and under is at three. Wolves... I think have looked better uh, since Lopetegui got there. I don't think Lopetegui is great, but I think he's good enough uh, to to probably keep Wolves up. Liverpool are in flux right now. Like I, I don't really know what to say. Like it's a it's a Liverpool team that I feel that feels disjointed but dangerous. Um, how do you see this going? Well, like well, let's talk about it. I I don't like I don't I don't I I expected myself to have some sort of like complete fucking theater kid meltdown when you ask me how I felt about Liverpool right now. Uh, but instead of some, like, fucking Sondheim song, all I have is, like, I don't know. Uh, you can say there's problems in the midfield. You can say there's problems up front. You can say they're learning a new system. You can say a litany of things. Liverpool just don't look like the Liverpool that this Liverpool team should look like. And you have a Wolves team that is going to rapidly improve under a better manager than what they've had and who is rapidly improving. The last time we played Wolves, I was on a boat and we found a way to get the job done. That same trip a week ago, I saw another match that happened on the same weekend, probably the day before. And I feel, today I feel the same result. So I'm going to believe in the mysticism of my vacation pulling me through 
and I'm going to pick Liverpool to win this match based solely on speculation, not on any sort of hope. No, we go again. None of this bullshit. This is me pulling shit out of my ass because honestly, I don't know what the fuck to expect from this match. I don't know what to expect from my side. And this Wolves team will, should probably beat us. But you know what? I went on vacation and I had a decent time watching Harvey Elliott score as I ran through the casino. So you'll never walk alone. And I guess my best for Liverpool against my own better judgment right now because I feel like Wolves could probably come out there and score five. Look, the heart wants what it wants, Will. Like, like it's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to take a draw in this game. I think Molyneux and I think Wolves may have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder as far as how uh, that tie uh, with you guys ended up. Um, I'm going to take a draw. Like, I, I think it. I think the under is probably likely here. I think Wolves have been stingy the past uh, few matches with Lobotega. I think it's been a lot more organized. And I think you've got a Liverpool squad that have a lot of attacking talent that don't know how to work together yet. And I don't know that Klopp knows how to fit everyone in there right now. So I, I think that's a bad combination for a lot of goals. That over... Under of three is I, I could definitely see this e- even if you like Liverpool in this game you could easily see us being two 0 Liverpool win in my opinion. I uh, I do want to say one more thing because the boss said it I'm not gonna sit here and act like there was not a tidbit of improvement within that Liverpool side during the FA Cup. I mean despite the pieces we were missing there it looked a slightly better side. So that may be what Scappy Jones in right now. And also, I say that to say, hey, maybe Brighton's just that fucking good. And I, we just got bugabooed, all right? I believe in the magic of the vacation. I believe in the magic of the vacation. If I just keep saying it, it'll come true. Believe there you in go. the magic of the vacation. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Mo- moving <laughs> along. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know how to follow that up. <laughs> Moving along, uh, we're going to St. James. Newcastle sits at minus 160. West Ham plus 460. Draws at plus 295. The over under sits at two and a half. West Ham have been disappointing this year. Like there's no other way to put it. West Ham have been a disappointing squad. New, well, by most metrics, Newcastle are are overachieving. I, I think some people expected Newcastle to be good. I don't think people expect them to be this good this year. Um, do you see that continuing? Do you think, you know, we talked about United playing a midweek game and going to a final Newcastle are doing the same thing. Do you ha- think that has any effect? Uh, do you think Moyes pl- possibly managing for his job has any effect? Like how easy is going? Well, I, uh- I don't necessarily know that West Ham can just straight up throw baby out with the bathwater right now. Uh, I, the, the job that Moyes has done there deserves like deserves a softening of a blow, if that makes any sense. Like it shouldn't be like a if you don't beat new if you don't beat this team if you don't beat this oil money team you get fired. Like it shouldn't have to be that. Like. It, if you lose the forest, all right, you can give up. But like this, it should, there should be some okay with this. Mostly because he's going to a fucking party. The Jordies are going to a final. They are at home. 
They are flying high. I know they played a midweek game, but that shit was electric. I haven't heard a pop like that since Sami Zayn hit Roman Reigns in the back of the chair on Saturday. Yeah, you all saw it. What a great moment for me. Anyway, but legit, that was like the same pop when fucking Newcastle gets their gets their gets their title shot. It's gonna be a party atmosphere, and I think with that sort of atmosphere, that sort of crowd, that sort of Newcastle team is gonna come out and just bop Bunny Foo Foo right on the top of the head. Sorry, West Ham. It's it's party time, excellente at the St. James at St. James's at the St. James. Sounds like it's a hotel. Uh, I'm picking Newcastle because I've always picked fucking Newcastle. What do y'all expect from me? <laughs> So what are we, question what are we talking about here? Is the St. James like one of those really swanky hotels that has like the trendy hotel bar that like first locals go to for some reason? Or is the St. James like a miserable hotel? What 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 is it in I, I don't think it's in between. How do you have it, it Will? It's a it's a it's a Claremont sort of deal. It's okay. like, oh my That's gosh, fair. they remade it for us, and it's so lovely. And then you take a step downstairs, and you're like, oh my god, it's literal Christian hell down here. I love it. Like, it, <laughs> <laughs> the ownership is the literal Christian hell part. That's the <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, so both uh, establishments. <laughs> if, if you're not from Atlanta, um, <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain what you just heard. You're just gonna have to come to Atlanta and come to the Claremont. Like I, that that's really all there is to it. Um hit us up on Twitter, TFA Braden, TFA Rizzler, like we'll give you the lowdown if you make it. But I, I, I will go ahead and say, like, you're I can't explain it to you. It has to be experienced. Um <laughs> as far as actually picking the game, for me it's Newcastle. I, I don't think this West Ham team have really that much going for them. This Newcastle team is going for a top four spot. I I think at one point maybe there was a thought that it might be even more than a top four spot, but I think it's going to settle in to top four spot. And I, I think that they go and they continue on the trek for that. Like I, I think that they're a good team that's going to continue there and, and, and they're going to get that across the line and probably start the next step towards it being Newcastle versus city every year. Uh, but it, that's a future problem. That's a future problem. It's not today. <laughs> Bridge will be crossed. Bridge will be crossed. We'll cross it, we'll cross it, it's fine. Uh, a pretty interesting battle up next in the bottom half of the table. Uh, you've got Nottingham Forest with all their new acquisitions at plus 165. I, one step closer to the U.S. Men's National Team midfield in Leeds at plus 170. Draws at plus 240, over-unders at 2.5. I think there's some interesting storylines here. Like I, I think that this is going to be a big game for both these teams. I think that... I, I think McKinney's an underrated player, and I think that's a, a little bit of a coup for Leeds. Um, I kind of said what I thought about Forrest's business. Um, where do you think this goes, Will? Uh, first off, all due apologies to Leeds, because I forgot that Bournemouth existed when I said my bottom three. So, uh, yeah, my bad, Jesse and the boys. Um, Leeds did just sign a guy who, like, has scored in the Champions League and, like, on title, like he's he's done things on like a grand scale. Maybe not the grandest scale because the Italian game is much like all of us dying slowly. But they have a, they have a player there. They got someone with uh, like there's two guys with the connection. There's multiple guys there with the connection. There's a manager who kind of speaks their language. There's a there's a fan base who is kind of like fuck it, we'll just get behind it. 
<laughs> they're like, why did we choose America of all the <laughs> of all the countries that we could just like uh, self-identify with? We chose America. I don't get it. But like, these guys are actually okay. Brazilian dummies. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I will say that I think Adams and McKinney are re like I think they are really good players. And like when you talk about midfields in the Premier League, like I think that this one. There may be one more piece away from really competing with everyone, but this is a good midfield that most teams aren't going to be ready for. It's a level of it's a level of experience coming onto this team that people are taking for granted because they just see the flag, and I think that that's what's getting me right now. I'm like, man's got pedigree, and y'all are just kind of like, nah, it's again another American Donnie, but it's fine. Forest threw money into the forest and have come out with kind of a patchwork team. I think these are two guys who are fighting on even standing now. I know I said what I said about earlier about Leeds, but legitimately kind of forgot that Bournemouth existed. So sorry. This got to be a draw. These two teams, you have one team. Oh, come on. I, like, I don't want to be definitive because, like, there is a part of me that wants to pick Leeds based on my old American heart. But I kind of think that maybe force throwing money into a blind fire eventually has got to pay off. And I think. Maybe not today, and maybe not today for Leeds. They got to figure out their footing first, both with the new pieces they have on either side. So it'll be a draw, and that's how I'm going to explain it, so that I don't have to pick Leeds over and over again and spam my homer pick. I'm going to save that for later in the season when he gets desperate. Look, I'm going to lean into the homer pick. I- I'm going with Leeds. I will say for Forest, they did just get bounced from the cup in midweek, and I think I, I don't know if it's going to be a huge hangover effect, but it's just another game that you have to play, and, and granted, like, Forrest have enough players now that they can rotate through. Like, maybe it's not a thing at all, but <laughs> I, I think that when you talk about preparing for a match, that sort of thing, I think Leeds will have had a little bit more time to do it. I Look, I think that you always wonder how quickly guys are going to integrate into a team when you when they come from another league. I think McKinney playing with Adams previously like at the national team level, like the dude just did it for a month this past November. I I think that that's going to let McKinney ramp up a lot quicker. And and one thing that I, I don't know if Leeds have a guy who does this, but McKinney has a, like a real decent long throw. And if you got like Bamford, like as a guy who can't do anything, but like can kind of contest for balls. Like I, I think that could be interesting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like I, I think that's the thing that might get a little bit of joy. So we'll we'll see. Like McKenny really can like like you talk about guy. Like it's not quite Rory Delap. Like it's not the like long flat like directly <laughs> wherever you want to put it in the box. It's not quite that, but it's not that far away. So watch that. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. I think leads are going to continue to be fun to watch. Um, watch the space, all that sort of thing. <laughs> Next up in the last match of the week, um, we've got Spurs at plus 330. Man City sits at minus 135. Draws at plus 310. Over under is at three. I am in the real uncomfortable position of maybe wanting Spurs to win. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, people are going to tell you this is a big matchup. I don't think it is. I think City are the better team, and I think that they'll prove. Like I think we saw this in the match. Um, 
up it up in Manchester not that long ago where City were down two 0 at half and people were like, Oh, is this gonna be a thing? And they just like turned it on and Spurs could do nothing uh, as City went to a four two win. Maybe at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium it's different. I I don't I, I don't know. I'm gonna go ahead and um put myself down for City in this game. Like I, I just don't think that Spurs have enough, but tell me if and why I'm wrong, Will. So Or don't I don't need to lead you into a pick, so no, no. foreshadowing from earlier. Remember when I was like, I saw this game on the ship and the other game that I saw on the ship that week exactly was this. Now, one, I was aggressively hungover and kind of was led to believe that this was still tennis on when it started because I was like, this is a replay of something. Uh, it was not. It was live, and it was absolutely glorious for that first half. And then I eventually decided to get up and get drunk again because City did City things. I know I, that I said... Before, before you continue, Will, I, yes. I was sure, when you're talking about this game, I was sure for 25 minutes that we were winning the title. I was sure of it. Like, and when I say 25 minutes, I mean from when the second goal goes in to halftime to win the first city goal goes in. And the, the first city goal went in so quick, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, uh-oh. <laughs> this, this is going to be a whole thing. Like, they're, they're not playing average city. They're, they're playing another Advanced city. Advanced city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Allison went to go take a shower, and she came back out, and she was like, did that take a long time? I was like, no, no, that was one of your quicker showers, like, in life. <laughs> this is just what happens. Um... Side note, she hates City now because she's seen Ted Lasso, and I appreciate that. But, um, yeah, dude, I got to pick City. If I believe in the magic of the vacation and I need Liverpool to win this match, I have to believe in the power of City doing City things. With that being said, if this is going to go haywire and I'm going to still believe uh, in crying Ian Wright later, I will say the only way this goes different is if City just can't get that last one. Because I think that maybe, just maybe, Tottenham have a tidbit more in the tank this time at home to maybe not ship as many in quick succession. Is it going to play itself out very similar? I honestly believe it is. I honestly believe like they're going to jump out to lead, maybe a bigger lead somehow, and City will claw their way back. I could be arsed with the draw. I can't be arsed with Tottenham winning. It's got to be City, mostly because I need Liverpool to win because I need to even out my blood pressure. So, bald frauds for life. Me and you, Pep. Me and you. I have no hair, in case you've never seen me online, folks. <laughs> Throw in Dan Quinn. Um, <laughs> hashtag never forget, like I ever could. People, I'm, I mean, I'm going to New Orleans, so you're going to remind me of 23 every chance I get. Um, but at least Tom Brady's gone. Hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, retired, retired. One year after he retired. Um, <laughs> NPR. What a, yeah. what a what a team. Okay, so like the unnecessary down note that we <laughs> in, ended on here, like that's a self inflicted wound, and I'm sorry. Um, Ow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is what we got for the week. Um, I, I think it'll be. I think there's some interesting matchups. I, I do think Forest Leeds early on Sunday is going to be a really good one. Uh, I think that there are opportunities for very good matches as well. Like we talk about, 
uh, United Palace, like there's a chance that that's a cracking game as could um, Brentford Southampton. I, I think that could be a really good game. Chelsea film could be, could be a Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That could be underrated, like yellow cards flying everywhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he could be that sort of thing. Um, I think there's a lot of games with potential. I don't know if they'll all turn out that way, but I think there's a lot of games with potential this week. So everyone enjoy your matches this week. Um, we'll be here next week recapping uh, how we did. Uh, we'll talk about how the action goes and come back and make some more picks. Bet responsibly, have fun, and we'll see you next week. Did we get that Greek dude from Celtic yet? Is that done? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's done. Yes! Ah, more Celtic nonsense. <laughs> Celtic nonsense. That's the name of this episode. <laughs>